0: Hello and welcome to the Weekend Wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and it is my great pleasure to be with you here on Sunday the 5th of December. Can you believe it's only 20 days until Christmas? And of course, a big shout out to retail workers in South Australia who are still fighting to make Christmas Day a public holiday in South Australia. Only state in Australia where Christmas Day will not be a public holiday at this stage. So all the very best to them. I know that the SDA and a number of unions in South Australia have got a number of big employers to agree to make it a public holiday, but state government doesn't seem to be wanting to move. That's the Liberal Marshall government in South Australia. But there is good news that I want to share as well on the workplace front before we get into all the politics and shenanigans of the last sitting week of Parliament because FedEx has agreed a new workplace agreement with the workers there. That means that all eight major transport companies in Australia now have collective agreements with the workforce that improve job security, lift wages and overall improve the conditions of work. This has been a massive campaign for transport workers right around the country and a huge congratulations to all of the transport workers who've been involved in various campaigns, whether it's at FedEx or Toll, Linfox, wherever it may have been, because the Transport Workers Union has stayed strong and those workers have achieved great outcomes, both in terms of improving job security, so things like full utilization before you can use contractors, things like improving wages, lifting them by 3% a year in some cases. Fantastic, fantastic outcome. So big shout out to those workers, huge congratulations to them. And of course, on Tuesday, this week coming up, New South Wales teachers will also be taking industrial action. There's been some controversy around this. There's been attempts by the New South Wales government to shut down the industrial action. There's a hashtag, more than thanks, online, jump on that hashtag, more than thanks, because the teachers in New South Wales are suffering staff shortages, declining wages, increasing class sizes. I saw some footage today of a school principal saying that they have some classes where they can't even have a teacher. There's no teachers. Actually, teach the class, the class has to go on unsupervised. We saw in the pandemic how hard it is and how important it is to have good quality teaching if we want our students to learn. We need to value our teachers properly, and there's a huge, huge issue here. So, full support to the New South Wales teachers going on strike on the 7th of December, that is on Tuesday. Big shout out to them, all solidarity to them. Now, of course, as always in the week on Wednesday, we encourage everyone to join their union. Those three stories alone should be enough to make you realise the importance of being your union. You know, we've talked before about all the other benefits, all the other conditions. We know that unions have brought family domestic violence leave to one in three workplaces in Australia, even though the government won't legislate it. We see in South Australia where unions are winning a public holiday on Christmas Day, even though the government won't legislate it. We see transport workers winning improved job security, even though government won't legislate it. Unions get results. Join your union, australianunions.org.au. You can go on there right now, join your union, you'll be covered next week, going into Christmas. You know, you don't have to worry job security, all stitched up, part of the collective. Hugely, hugely important. I wanted to start with those stories today because we're going to get into some deeply disturbing political nonsense and a real juxtaposition about where we are politically as a nation come the end of 2021. Of course, 2021 has been a huge year in Australia the pandemic, obviously, but also politically. The fault lines in our political system have been really exposed and the differences between the major parties have become quite stark. And so let's get into it because Morrison has ended the parliamentary year in an absolute shambles. Some of the big ticket items that were promised that you would say middle Australia would have benefited from have not been delivered. At the same time, some of the big ticket items he promised his more extreme right wing faction have also not been delivered because he's such a shambles. He can't get anything constructive done anymore. You know, all of the good things that were put in place during the pandemic. Remember when we had free childcare in this country? Remember when job seeker allowance was enough to lift you out of poverty so you could... You know, buy nice enough clothes, have enough, have healthy, nutritious food to go and look for work. Remember when there was essentially government mandating that you couldn't sack people if you wanted to continue to get wage subsidies for your company. Remember when the government was actually doing things to improve our lives. Well, of course, Morrison has ended all of those programs and tried to revert to some kind of ideological ground that just seems to be falling away from under him. So he hasn't delivered the federal ICAC that was promised at the last election, before the last election, in fact. Uh, He hasn't delivered on removing the $450 superannuation threshold. This is basically a law that says you don't have to pay your workers super if they're earning less than $450 a month. Now, when this law was created, the vast majority of Australians in the workforce were working full-time and essentially getting super. This law was put in place to say that if you were employing people casually, if it was a short-term thing, you didn't need to go through the process of setting up a super payment system and setting up their super accounts. And it was sort of an administrative uh, relief for business because it used to be quite paperwork-intensive. Now, of course, it's all online, it's all really easy, it's all really quick. And of course, we also see many, many more people in casual employment and part-time, and predominantly women. So women who are retiring with lower superannuation balances would have been the big beneficiaries of this law change, Business didn't really oppose it. They didn't see it as a huge cost-impost. And, in fact, it kind of balanced out to say, "Well, well, you know, we'll pay the super. We don't have to worry about the administration costs so much. You've reduced those. So, fine, that's good. People with better super balances benefits the whole community. Everybody was on board with this. We had got to a point where this was... Uncontroversial. Labor was totally on board. It's Labor policy. The Liberals had kind of come to their senses on it. We all thought this was going to happen. This should be straightforward. No problem at all. The bill was not introduced to Parliament. Not introduced to Parliament. Hasn't happened in 2021. Now, of course, there are only five sitting days of the Senate scheduled for the first half of next year. There will be an election next year. There is a very high probability this will not happen while Morrison is in government, and may not happen until after the election, at all, the so-called religious freedom bill, which I like to call making it easier for bigots to be bigots, uh, has gone off to a committee. So he hasn't delivered that to the right wing of the Liberal Party either. And the voter ID laws, these Trumpian idea that you could suppress the vote by making it harder for people who either don't drive or don't have a passport to vote. And of course, this targets new Australians. It targets Indigenous Australians. It targets older Australians and removes them from the electoral equation. I always like to say that if a sitting government wants to pass voter ID laws and is talking about the threat of voter fraud, they're either admitting they committed voter fraud or they're admitting that they can't win an election uh, that's coming up. Now, I don't think Morrison committed voter fraud. I don't think that happened at all. But I do think they're very worried about the 2022 election. I think they're incredibly worried, as they should be, because they're in absolute shambles. We saw in the last two parliamentary sitting weeks for 2021, a year where we've been dealing with a pandemic, we have Record numbers of Australians looking for more work, over 2 million Australians looking for more work. Wages are going backwards. Costs are going up. We saw MPs crossing the floor. We saw the Prime Minister's office chastising female MPs who crossed the floor, but letting Senators, Liberal Party Senators, hold up the agenda, change the agenda, cross the floor, refuse to vote with no consequence whatsoever. These, these men of the Liberal Party had free reign. We saw members of the government, members of the government supporting QAnon bills that were put up by Palmerites. Just crazy things, crazy things, supporting foreign propagandist ideas being voted on in our parliament members of the Morrison government voting for those ideas, no consequence for them, none at all, no issue, not called into the prime minister's office. But the one woman who crossed the floor to support the idea of a federal ICAC, which didn't get up, she crossed the floor. She got called into Morrison's office. The kind of double standard, the gendered double standard was stark, really stark this fortnight. And of course, It comes on the back of the Kate Jenkins report, which we discussed on Wednesday. It's just unbelievable to see. And to top it all off, you then see a Liberal senator from South Australia being escorted by police from the airport over whether or not he's vaccinated. There's some serious question marks about his vaccination status, and whether or not he has misled the Prime Minister about his vaccination status. I've now also seen reports that there is concerns about an outbreak of COVID at Parliament House. This is, that, all of that would be enough to say the Morrison government is in a shambles. But let's get into what about the Cabinet Ministers, because there are, Two cabinet ministers who are quitting parliament. Sorry, Porter is a former cabinet minister now, but he is quitting parliament at the next election. Greg Hunt, the health minister, the health minister who ignored the offers from Pfizer to give us more vaccines. The health minister who consistently pushed responsibility for the pandemic response onto the states is quitting parliament. And Alan Tudge who regular listeners for the weekend wrap and the week on Wednesday and followers of my social media will know is a person for whom I have absolutely nothing positive to say. Alan Tudge has now been accused of physical and psychological uh, abuse of his former staffer slash consensual affair partner, uh, uh, Ms Miller this is a absolute shambles he has been told to stand aside as education minister morrison promoted tudge promoted tudge after the revelations on Four Corners that he was having this affair came out. He promoted him to education minister. He allowed him as education minister to go around the country lecturing teachers, lecturing educators about Australian values and about what it means to be Australian. All the time, this has been simmering away in the background. The whole time, Morrison has been aware of Tudge's behaviour, has been aware of the affair and done nothing except promote the man. Now, now, of course, there's an election on the horizon. Now, on Tudge's behavior and the additional accusations against him make him a political liability for Scott Morrison. Of course, he is the member for Aston in uh, Victoria. Uh, Mary Doyle is the Labor candidate for Aston. If you live in Aston and you're listening to this, I personally encourage you to vote for Mary Doyle. Mary Doyle is a good trade unionist uh, and quite quite an adept karaoke singer as well, I have to say. But Alan Tudge is a scumbag. That's my personal view. He is a scumbag. He has been stood aside as a minister. Uh, Frankly, I think he should resign. This is a man who campaigned against marriage equality on the basis of family values. in in inverted commas, family values. This is a man who lectured Australian educators about Australian values and quite frankly, is a moral and values vacuum. All of this (laughs) has happened in the last couple of weeks of the sitting of the 2021 Parliament. We know there won't be many sitting days next year. The Morrison government agenda is mired in the mud. And of course, in a desperate attempt to get out of the mud, Morrison tried to make an announcement at a business council event around uh, education, in particular around the commercialization of higher education uh, research. Now, this is gonna be really interesting because we're gonna see some stark lines now, right? We, we're getting to election time and we're gonna be asking people to make a choice. So Morrison is drawing the lines. We saw his climate uh, policy, if I'm called that. It's the same policy Abbott had. The Liberals have not changed their policy position on climate and energy, despite numerous kind of debates and discussions over the last eight years. The policy they have now is the policy that Abbott had in 2013. If you want the Abbott era climate policy, vote for Scott Morrison. If you want any other outcome, vote for Labor. That's effectively where we are because Labor came out with the Powering Australia policy. That's what they're calling it, Powering Australia policy. And the headline here is 600,000 jobs five out of six of those jobs will be in regional Australia. So the regions, I mean, in Australia, the regions have been where we have generated electricity since we started generating electricity. And we have then transported that energy to cities and around the country. This is a plan to revitalize those areas with new clean energy tech with new job opportunities, 600,000 jobs. This is all modeled. This was released at the same time. The modeling was released at the same time. Nobody has questioned that modeling. Nobody says that's wrong because it's all very solid. It's all very independently done. There is a $275 a year per household cost saving on electricity because they're shifting our energy mix into more renewable to cheaper, cleaner energy. 82% 82% of our energy will come from cheaper, cleaner energy. That has a flow-on effect. The flow-on effect is cheaper household electricity prices, cheaper electricity prices, for manufacturing, the for industry, the things that help create those 600,000 jobs. Great policy, right? Like it's moving things in the right direction. And of course, also a cut in emissions, 43% cut in emissions. Now, some people will say we need to do more on emission cuts, of course we do. And as I've said before, the reality is business is already moving in this space. You see mining companies, energy companies, companies that have the words petroleum in in the name of the company, talking about getting to net zero. Companies are moving to where there is profit and there is no profit in a dead planet. Remember the old saying, no jobs on a dead planet? There's no profit on a dead planet either. So you're seeing corporations making those moves. And that's why everybody, Business Council, the ACTU, a number of environment groups have all come out and supported the Labour position. Because sure, it doesn't go as far, as fast as many people would like. But it sets policy framework that allows business to make investments, allows jobs to be created, allows emissions to start coming down, rather than an eight-year-old policy under which emissions have consistently been going up. So a huge step in the right direction, huge number of new jobs, really future-focused, and protecting the livelihoods of people who are currently in jobs as well as people who will come into the workforce. Massive win. And of course, what does Morrison do? He comes out against it. Like, and just talks nonsense, absolute nonsense about random coalitions with Labor and other parties about, you know, oh, this is a starting point and we're going to, and they're going to smash all the jobs. Like, it's just, it's a rehash of old nonsense because, All Morrison has is an eight year old policy that was created by Tony Abbott. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. That and a fear campaign. And I would implore anyone who listens to this podcast who wants a more ambitious emissions reduction target, who wants a more ambitious emissions reduction outcome to understand that that is happening because markets will make it happen. The question we have to answer for ourselves is, do we want a Morrison government that bends over for big big business at every opportunity, in charge of that transition, in charge of simply letting that happen? Or do we want Labor who has a plan for how that will happen in a way that creates jobs, that supports economies, that does things like reduce the cost of electric cars, That's the real choice here. It's not a choice about whether or not we get to net zero. That's gonna happen. Business is gonna make that happen because there's no profit on a dead planet. The question we have to ask ourselves is, do we want a government that simply allows business to do that in the most profitable possible way at the expense of jobs and communities and society? Or do we want a government that will manage that, that will ensure those jobs are created in the places where they're needed, and looks after people and lowers the costs of living rather than simply props up the profitability of that transition. That's, I think, a really stark thing that's happened this week when it comes to climate and energy policy. And of course, today, we see the starkness of education and training policy. At the end of the week, Morrison made an announcement about education. I sort of touched on that briefly before. So get this. 35,000 jobs have been smashed and destroyed in our university sector, 35,000 jobs. So Morrison rocks up and says he's going to give out four grants, four grants of up to $60 million to universities. Now, to only four universities. There are 40 universities in Australia, and that's before we get into TAFE or anything else. There are only four of these universities going to get a grant. And it's about commercialization of research. So, you know, if you can come up with an idea, we'll give you some money to help you make it profitable. Of course, subsidizing, big business opportunity. That's what Morrison's all about. But here's the nasty catch. Here's the devil in the detail. In order to apply for the grant, the university has to agree to set it up separate to the collective agreement that covers the university staff, has to agree to undercut the wages, conditions and job security of their existing staff in order to qualify for this money. The Morrison government knows no shame. Not only have they smashed the university sector, destroyed 35,000 jobs, ruined The opportunity for thousands of Australians to go to university by lifting the fees on things like arts degrees. A $100,000 arts degree is the most ridiculous Americanization of education I can possibly imagine. But only have they done all of that. Now, they are micro-tinkering within the universities themselves to make employment even more insecure, and we already know universities have amongst the most insecure employment of any industry in Australia. The old ivory towers of jobs for life in higher education, they have been shattered and destroyed. And now Morrison has not only burnt those things to the ground, he wants to sow salt into the earth as well. Now compare that to Labor's announcement today. Labor's announcement today is for 20,000 extra university places. Extra university places, extra funding, extra jobs, extra funding for technology. And this is in not just for four universities, but it's in all of the major growth areas of the economy. So, aged care, disability services, uh, technology, uh, it's, it's, it's targeting future jobs for people as well as supporting universities now. On top of that, 465,000 TAFE places. And again, we're talking about the areas of growth, hospitality, aged care, uh, disability care, getting people qualified, getting them into the workforce, growing our economy, strengthening our communities. 465,000 free TAFE places, fully funded, $1.2 billion. So while Morrison's out there promising about $200 million that'll go to four universities if they agree to undercut their staff, if they agree to remove job security, Albo's out there talking about $1.2 billion investing in skills and, and the skill infrastructure that's needed to build our economy into the future. So stark, so stark. Overlay that with Morrison's obsession with allowing another 200,000 temporary migrant workers in, and you can see a really clear difference. Morrison government undercutting local skills, undercutting local job security, bringing in temporary migrant workers with no rights, easily exploitable, versus labour, skilling up people now and I'm not just talking about the next generation. We know that lots of people in their 30s, their 40s, even their 50s go back to TAFE to retrain, to reskill, to find a new career opportunity. What a stark contrast. That's where we end the parliamentary year in 2021 with Morrison, a shambles, unable to pass legislation, failing to deliver on promises, just taking random swings at Labor. Labor united, putting forward policy ideas, getting set up for the future in a really strong way. It couldn't be more stark. I keep saying it, but it couldn't be more stark. And of course, we see workers stepping up as well. As I've talked about, the New South Wales Teacher Strike is happening on the 7th. Hashtag more than thanks. Get on board with that. Don't forget to join your union. Whether you're a teacher, transport worker, a public sector worker, working on a construction site, whatever work you do, if you've got somebody who tells you what to do at work, you need a union. It's as simple as that. Whether you're a disability support worker, working in a hospital, working in an aged care centre, working at a Kmart or a Coles, join your union, australianunions.org.au forward slash wow. That has been the weekend wrap. Remember, be kind to yourself and to each other.